Podcasting from Singapore and broadcasting all around the world. You're listening to the Ignite EdTech Podcast with Craig Kemp, created by an educator for educators and streaming to the world. Now, over to your host, Craig Kemp. Hello and welcome to episode 95 of the Ignite EdTech Podcast. I'm your host, Craig Kemp, and I'm honored to have you join us. As most of you know, I continue to work with the incredibly talented Mark Quinn to improve the final audio quality of this podcast. He has his own podcast production studio that provides editing and mastering services to content creators. To connect with Mark, please see the details in the podcast notes below. Last week, I asked you about your summer or winter holiday plans. Thank you for your thoughts and ideas. This week, I wanted to ask you about the features you wished you had in a professional learning ecosystem. I'd love to hear from you. Please share with us via our Ignite EdTech social streams. I look forward to hearing your responses soon. A tool that has positively impacted the authentic and purposeful use of technology into classrooms and meeting rooms that I have worked in is BlueKit. BlueKit is a web-based quiz game platform for group competition or solo learning. BlueKit joins an expanding group of game show platforms for the classroom. What sets it apart is that the quizzes can be rethemed using a variety of game modes that offer unique visual themes and gameplay types, turning quizzes into competitive experiences similar to games students might play on their phones for fun. Like other quizzing tools, teachers create question sets and then launch games. Students join with a code and then answer questions in real time with their devices. Students can participate in teams or individually, and the participant with the fastest correct answer wins. Unique to BlueKit, however, is that quizzing is embedded with the context of different games, each with their own visual theme and rules. For instance, in the racing mode, students might answer five questions and then watch as their avatars face off in a race determined by how well they did on the quizzes. For added excitement, teachers can choose to randomize the amount of points earned and the earning potential. This means that the students who respond the quickest might earn fewer points than the student who responds correctly 10 seconds later, although responding incorrectly will probably always earn you zero points. The cafe mode challenges students to answer questions so that they can prepare and serve food to customers. The Tower of Doom mode gets students to choose characters who each have stats and battle them against opponents, answering questions to give them an advantage. Games can be played solo or in teams, or they can be assigned as homework depending on the game mode. Team sizes can also vary across modes. To play a game as homework, students still connect with a game ID code, but to save their progress, they'll need to create their own accounts. All forms of gameplay generate summary reports. For more detailed reporting, teachers can upgrade to the Paid Plus account. I highly recommend that you take a look at the link in the description below. Last week, we talked about your summer or winter holiday plans, and I gave you five tips to kickstart your break. If you're interested in learning more, go back and listen to last week's episode. This week, I wanted to talk about professional learning ecosystems. Over the past two years, we've been working extremely hard behind the scenes to build a professional learning ecosystem that's beyond what currently exists. And over the coming months, we have finally got to the place of launching something that will change professional learning forever with the introduction of some features that help close the loop of learning all in one place. Today, I wanted to share the five most important elements of a professional learning ecosystem in my opinion. Whether it's live and in person or online, 
or preferably a combination of them both. We've listened to you and we've brought these ideas together. Number one, engaging high quality curated content. When learning, the ability to pick and choose what is relevant and own your own learning journey is important for anyone and it helps create buy-in to the development of learning. Linking this back to school strategic goals is important and valuable, but owning your own learning journey outside of this is critical. Being able to have high quality curated content with experts in multiple learning domains is something that really doesn't exist in most spaces. At EduSpark, we've created more than 100 courses and dropping more than one to two a week across more than 15 different learning domains. We use a quality assurance framework and have a team of highly experienced instructional design educators working with creators from all over the world to create content that's engaging and meets the needs of schools. Best of all, we listen. You tell us what you want to need and we make it happen. Number two, a combination of synchronous and asynchronous learning experiences. I think we've all been in learning sessions that have been less than engaging, particularly over the last few years online, and that's exhausting. What we need is engaging learning experience that meet us where we're at, push us as learners, and engage us in ways that are relevant. Having synchronous and asynchronous learning experiences when online are important to keep us engaged. Don't just say no to online learning because you've done that over the last two years. Look deeper at the solution. At EduSpark, we've just launched our very own live video platform, all built into EduSpark, so you never have to leave where you're doing the learning, like you do in many other platforms. You're hearing it here first, and over the next few weeks and months, you'll see many opportunities for live engagement being offered, so stay tuned. Number three, communities of practice. We all know the value of connecting and collaborating with colleagues and other educators. Communities of practice allow us to connect, share, and learn together, whether it's online or face-to-face. -face. These spaces are critically important to help close the loop on learning. I'm sure your school has incorporated some form of communities of practice and engagement within your in-school learning events. As we built EduSpark, we listened to you. We listened to schools and investigated research and identified that communities of practice incorporated into learning experiences were critical to the sustained learning of individuals and teams. As a learner, I want to be able to connect my learning to conversations with others, have the chance to share my learning, demonstrate my learning, and own my learning. All of this and much more is going to be possible with the launch of EduSpark Communities in June. Number four, feedback and sustained learning over time. A critical component of learning is the sustained impact over time. How does learning develop over time and move beyond the classic one-and-done strategy implemented by many institutions? Flying people in and out is not transformational. We need to deploy an ecosystem that's sustained throughout time and gives people the opportunity to connect and engage, give and receive feedback, and transfer that into a portfolio. Portfolios allow us, just like students, to show and demonstrate the transfer of learning and actually close the loop on learning by putting learning into practice. Having a portfolio allows teachers to not just get a certificate and walk away, but attach evidence to this achievement, create something that can be shared for future employment, and be owned by an individual. Coming in August to EduSpark is a portfolio and basic appraisal system, 
built with the voices of schools from all over the world that will transform the learning experience in your school. It will reshape the way we learn and engage and share our learning and will provide us opportunities for real growth and development all in one place. Number five, highly interactive. This for me is one of the most important functions of learning. I've attended many, many professional learning sessions that are not interactive or engaging. The last thing I want is to sit and get, provide ways of learning that are different and require me as a learner to engage with the content and put it into practice and demonstrate it. When learning online, it's important to integrate tools that get people active like we would in a face-to-face session. As we continue to build EduSpark by listening to the wants and needs of educators and leaders globally, we're excited to bring this to you all in one place. If you have an idea that we haven't mentioned here, or have expertise that can help us take this to the next level, please don't hesitate to contact me for a conversation. My calendar is always open. As we get closer and closer to the break for many of you, plan for it, and get excited about it. And for two free months access to EduSpark on me, email me now, craig at eduspark.world. Over these two months, you'll see many of the new features I've talked about above become a reality and go live, so make the most of it. I'd love to hear from you to learn more about your ideas for professional learning ecosystems and what you'd like to see. Please reach out with your ideas and thoughts. Every week, I bring you a short interview with some of my edu heroes, an engaging learning experience with someone who makes a difference in education every day with a particular focus or angle towards educational technology. This week, I had the pleasure of chatting with Andrew Mowat. Let's have a listen to the chat. Today, I have the honor of speaking with Andrew Mowat. I've been connected with Andrew for a very long time now. Andrew's based in Singapore, and he's the co-founder of EduSpark. Andrew, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on the show today. Are you ready to talk about education and technology integration? I am indeed, and it's great to be back. It's an absolute pleasure, mate. Let's go. Why don't you start by telling us a little bit about your current role and what inspires you to do what you do? I'm pleased that you've limited it to my current role because I'm one of those journeymen in education that's been around for a while. My first year of teaching, I think, is might even relate to your first year of birth, <laughs> your first year of presence on the, on the, on the planet Earth, um, and the first time that Max appeared as well. Um, so there's a bit of a trivial pursuit question. Um, my current roles involve still in my practice of professional learning provision, coaching, mentoring in uh, my company called Metal Learn Education. And I still do uh, a reasonable amount of that work uh, in terms of the key conversations of leadership is where I tend to play in that space. More and more, co-founder of EduSpark and all of the work that's required Uh, all of the motivation, all of the connection to create something of value that's different in this space. Yeah, it's awesome, Andrew. And, you know, you're cutting yourself short a little bit because you've done so much and we'll make sure the links to everything you do and and your your website and your links to your social media are all on, on here as well because your story is quite inspiring. And for those of you that don't know Andrew, uh, I highly recommend that you connect with him as well. Andrew, let's jump into some of the metacognition stuff you do. Um, you know, this is a real passion area for you. I want to know, and I want you to share with our, our audience, why it's important to you, particularly in this professional learning space as well. I think it's something that everyone's curious about. Whenever I've brought this in some small way or large way to the work I do, people lean in. They're just naturally attuned to understanding how this weird 
thing in our skull works because it's a mystery, a lot of it. And so a lot of it started with my natural um, inclination for teaching biology in my first instance. And then this sense of broad curiosity of how this weirdly but massively complex thing creates this experience of life for us and so this natural inbuilt curiosity but then I started to realize this massive disconnect exists in that we teach to the brain that's what we're trying to change as educators as parents as leaders but we know so little about it and don't really acknowledge that we know so little it's almost like I'm a heart surgeon and my job is to improve the way the heart works but I don't really know how the heart works and it's that sort of disconnect and teachers get it and we just need to make sure that knowing how to optimize the brain for learning is something that we should be better uh, have more knowledge about and be better in our practice yeah and I think the the work that you do in this space is not only inspiring and motivating and you know everyone that we chat to particularly about EduSpark is you know wanting to jump in and connect and engage and and dive a bit deeper into it Tell us about your work as an instructional designer. What, what does an instructional designer do and how did you find yourself coming into this space? It's interesting. It's a merge of all the things that I love to talk about or love to do, uh, especially with other people. So it's got technology, it's got conversation, it's got metacognition, it's got leadership. They're the four things that I love to sort of play with, if that makes sense. And in this case, it's about taking a traditional view to the way that we build a course or a, an opportunity for learning and how we can bake into that content design so that it ticks off several different sources of learning, engagement and delivery design so that it works better for the person who's consuming that learning opportunity. And really, that's a lot more than people might expect. And so the work that we do helps our emerging and very successful, already successful thought leaders in EduSpark to make the most of that sort of work. And as a quick example, it's it's not just the provision of content, dump and run. What we've got to think about is how we can create opportunities for learning from content, which we know very well how to do, then from action, which we know less about, and then conversation, something we don't leverage a lot. So baking in design into a course, be it remote or live, so that there are opportunities for learning from those three sources. And so a lot of the work we are engaged in is about finding where the gap might be for an individual creator and helping them understand how to improve or deliver more in that space. Andrew, this sort of ties in beautifully into the work that you and I are doing together now with EduSpark. And honestly, it's a a real honour to work alongside someone in the space. You know, Andrew, we, we've known each other for a long time. We're both very different in the way we do things, but we're both just as passionate. And I think that's you know, why we've been so successful in getting EduSpark off the ground. And, you know, I have no shame in saying that out loud either, because it has been a heck of a lot of hard work. You and I can attest to that. But over the past 12 months in building EduSpark, you know, it's been all about how do we support teachers in their professional learning journey? How do we help schools be more effective and efficient in what they do and make it more meaningful, purposeful, and support that transfer of learning that you talk so much about? So why is professional learning so important to you? And what is EduSpark doing that no one else is? I'll answer that first part uh, in that professional learning 
I think it's incredibly important for us to model, first of all, being lifelong learners to our students. And there's, I think, this inherent baked in agenda to always be getting better. And not everyone agrees with that. Not everyone that I've worked with or or been connected to necessarily believe that. But that's something that I hold true, that we should be in this journey of always seeking how I can improve in some way, how we can get better at something. And so I think this whole idea of the complexity of teaching, and it's a massively complex role to take on. I was talking with my beautiful daughter yesterday, who's just emerging in her last bit of practice, uh, her last placement as a um, learning teacher before she goes off into her career. And just talking about the complexity of all the things that she's got to learn to focus on as a new teacher. So it's a massively complex role and complex in the true sense. We have things that are simple, simple uh, some things that are complicated, some that are complex. And complex things surround us and are hard to solve. And that means an individual approach. So we can't teach everyone to be the same teacher. It's not a complicated thing where we'll follow this recipe and you'll be a good teacher. Uh, teach this child in this way and they'll be successful. It's complex in that there are multiple variables and multiple routes to success. So therefore, we need to individualize things, which brings us into why EduSpark starts to have a role to play because learning is messy. It's untidy. It's never one and done. It's never do this. Anything of real value takes months to acquire and master. So therefore, we should provide mechanisms that engage people in multiple sources of learning that address the multiple emotions that we track through and legitimize those emotions as we track through them, and then provide that long tail engagement that allows that mastery to happen over time in a supported way. So to me, it's complex is the name that you'd give to learning broadly and to professional learning. So therefore, a simple one and done course where you watch some videos and you do a quiz and you get a certificate might make you feel good, but actually it hasn't changed you very much. That's leading me to this big word that drives me a lot. That's transfer. How do we get better transfer of the effort, the investment, the time, the money to actually end up with some visible change that's observable by kids, by parents, by teachers, by peers, and by yourself. I love it, Andrew. Very, very well said. I think it's time for us to do a bit of a podcast exclusive. How about you tell uh, us about the features that EduSpark is about to launch, and then again, what we're going to be bringing to educators all over the world in August and September this year. Uh, I can't wait for some of these things to to land. In fact, all of them. Uh, At the moment, if I was completely honest and transparent, we are a course and content provision site, and that's not sufficient. And both you and I have always said it's got to be way more. And we've made that first step just recently with live video baked into the course structure itself. So that's an important first thing that has arrived. A better version of communities that gets closer, the bringing the conversation closer to the source of learning. Uh, that's a real key feature that's arriving, and I'm super excited for that to be a- arriving within the next month or so. So that's a part of the basic set, if you think of the way of starting to get at that untidy space that learning is. Adding a portfolio, uh, the capacity for a teacher to uh, record and hold artifacts, um, thoughts, things, certificates, um, credentials, this complex space that allows me to keep my stuff in one single place and to share it out as I might need. That's a really big feature that's coming. I know a lot of schools are very interested in that. And to link that to an appraisal process that is really about growth rather than accountability. 
that will also come along sometime after uh, we get the uh, portfolio piece going. We've got events. So bringing that whole sense of long tail engagement to an event. So pre and post bookend the event with the preparation, the engagement, the social building into the intensity and the learning of the event and then follow that up with some long tail learning. That's different, I think, to what um, many other people do in their approach to learning. And underneath that data, um, building powerful dashboards with some indicative data sets that help you track how your learning is going in terms of its consistency. Um, we all, all know that sleep is consistent, is, is great when it's consistent. We can measure that with sleep apps. And in a similar sort of way, we can look at the uh, regularity and the consistency of learning for an individual for groups, for teams, for schools, and for creators to see what's working. So that data set. So there's some of our big things. One sneaky one to pop in there, by the way, is that it's not all asynchronous remote learning. We have got planned this beautiful and different way of engaging in live learning, again, bookend by pre and post work, that has really, really high value and is different to your normal conference or event. Just as a bit of a sneak peek, we might release some things about a very exciting way of doing professional learning in a live setting. Yeah, I love that, Andrew. We might touch on that a little bit later on as well. One of the things, I could talk about this for hours and hours. It is so exciting what's coming We've seen it in development. We know what's coming. Uh, we've spoken to many of the schools that we work with about these features that they've asked for that don't currently sit within the, the platforms that they use. And bringing all of that together into this EduSpark ecosystem, uh, I couldn't think of anything more exciting to be launching in the new academic year in August as well. So if you're listening and you're interested in learning a little bit more, please do connect with us. We'd love to give you a bit of a deeper dive into that. But Andrew, just to add to that, why should people listening today connect on EduSpark? Why should they invite their colleagues and their professional learning network along to be a part of what we're building here? I think there are two types of teachers. Those that are so busy in their work that there's no space or time for professional learning. And in speaking with creators and other um, thought leaders and experts, that's probably the majority of teachers are so damn busy in their role that the time for quality professional learning has been minimised. That's not a judgment on the teachers. That's just what the system does to them. And then there are those others that step above and beyond in many ways uh, and become quite tired because they do this, but they have an ecosystem already, but it's disaggregated. And what we're presenting and providing here is a system that is more effective and efficient. It's engaging because of the nature of the uh, integration of all these elements. But it's, it's a bit like if you think Twitter provides you the connection, but it's not very good at connecting content and engagement in a long-term course? Or does it give you to uh, this whole sense of building a community of practice? So this whole sense of creating an integrated ecosystem where things are all in one place that allows several people to solve all of the various problems associated with professional learning in a way that makes it more efficient. So therefore, the teachers that are struggling to find the time can come in and do some work. And those that want to just have all of this in one place, can have that efficiency. So it's it's something that I see as we move forward uh, it b- is becoming a complete solution for the provision of professional learning in education. Yeah, it sends shivers down my spine, Andrew, to think about where we've come from and where we're at. Uh, it's incredible. And you know, thanks for jumping on today and sharing a lot of this. Let's finish off with a couple of quick fire questions. The first thing that comes to your head and, and a brief why, what's your favourite 
edtech book or resource? Well, it's it's less. It is edtech because it's about what edtech does, the context of edtech. But the the book itself is um, by a fabulous man that I've got to know, one of our creators, a guy called Richard Gerver, uh, who's written a book. In fact, it's quite an old book, but it's become relevant in recent times with COVID change, learn to love it and learn to lead it. And this is what EdTech does to us. There's a change imperative with uh, EdTech that just drives this, just keep up with the change that's happening. And that process that, that Richard takes people through of of identifying what change is, why it's important, and how we can actually adapt and integrate it better without having to fight it so much. As a sneak peek, that wonderful event that we spoke about that's going to be way different to anything that anyone else has experienced will be led by Richard himself, uh, all about change. That whole sense of how do I change my approach and disposition to my own leadership so that I can unleash the potential of my leadership for other people in my school. Yeah, fantastic. And then that leadership event, particularly if you're a school leader, uh, you're moving into you know senior leadership, you're a school owner or director, uh, definitely reach out and we can give you some sneak peeks into that as well because it's a it's going to be something like you said Andrew that has never been seen before in a pretty incredible location as well one more Andrew what's your go-to edtech tool that the listeners need to try it's one that's got a strange name and it's one that I use every day both for recording content and for presenting content it's innovative and it's by the the man who founded Evernote Phil Libin and it's called Mm-hmm. And the way you spell that is M-M-H-M-M. Uh, it's the most powerful tool I've used for delivery and engagement um, that I've come across in lots of ways. And if you want to learn why that's the case, maybe I'll pop up a quick uh, video at some point, Craig, to show people why that's the case. But it, it plays to metacognition in a really powerful way too. So mmhmm.app. It's an amazing app that is free for educators, actually. It's $10 a month for those who are outside of school. Huge value, fabulous, transformative tool. Yeah, absolutely. I've seen the work you do in that and many others as well. Andrew, I'm sure people listening are going to be inspired by what you've shared today and the things that we've been talking about. What's the best way for them to follow and connect with you? So LinkedIn is where you'll find me most of all. I'm on Twitter less, but still on Twitter and even less on Instagram. I'm hardly on Facebook anymore these days. I just don't have the time. So LinkedIn is my primary. Secondary uh, is my Twitter and find me there. And I'd love to uh, connect. And uh, if you want to have a conversation with me about anything I've said today, reach out and we can find a time to jump on and jam about some things. Andrew, thank you so much for your time today. We'll make sure that everything you've talked about and your social links are in the podcast notes below as well. Enjoy the rest of your day and thank you so much for jumping in. Thanks so much, my friend. Great to be working with you and it's uh, an exciting time. Next week, join me for episode 96 of the Ignite EdTech podcast when I'm joined by Debbie Tannenbaum. Want to win a prize? Enter now at bit.ly slash edtechwin and we'll regularly announce winners of incredible prizes. If you enjoyed today's episode, please follow us and share the podcast with your PLN and colleagues. Please remember to spend a few minutes to rate this podcast too on your podcast channel of choice so we can reach even more educators and edtech enthusiasts globally. Remember, you have the chance to win as well. Check out the links in the description for more, and I'll see you again next week. If you liked today's episode, please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss another episode. 
and be in the drawing to win prizes every week. If you know others that would enjoy the show, please hit that share button and brighten their day. Join us again next week for your weekly EdTech hit with at Mr. Kemp NZ. We'll see you again soon.